Recovery is dependent. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks Podcast. I'm Jim Haney. And I'm Andy Daniel. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about the plethora of trainings that we offer here at MPN. Yeah, we have a great selection of things that are that can be general information or things for consumers and then uh, things that will help you become a behavioral health peer support specialist or develop your skills if you already are one. And we also have a section of training for supervisors and organizations and employers. Absolutely. Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, over the years, it seems like in the beginning, it was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had all these different trainings of this and that? And, you know, you start dreaming. And then uh, as we were preparing, I'm looking at this list and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like we, we really do have a lot of trainings in a very uh, wide variety of areas and topics um, of course, all around the recovery, but uh, pretty pretty broad. Yeah, there's lots of different options from the very beginnings of understanding recovery all the way up through some pretty advanced skills for peer support specialists. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and uh, you're hitting our website, a couple things that aren't up there yet but are going to be um, these are trainings that we have in development that are coming out in 2020. So not sure when you're listening to this. Um, we're nearing the end of 2019. But there's a couple of them that we want to mention before we jump into uh, the details of all the different trainings. And, and the first one is uh, PS102, so Peer Support 102. And really excited about this one. Uh, this one I have been working on for about two years. Uh, when we got certification in the state, we had Peer Support 101, which is the certification training. We had that ready to go, and we, we kind of jumped right in with that. And we've been doing it now for a number of years. And so we have about 100 certified peer supporters working around the state. And so now the idea is with 102 is that um, those peer supporters would come back for a continuing education training. And it's kind of like a tune-up. That's sort of the mindset I've been thinking about, right? Because you might have taken, well, you, Andy, I mean, you took Peer Support 101 in in what year? What, what um, year? It's been two years ago. Two years? Yeah. Two years. So yeah. 2017, yeah. So, you know, like, you forget things. Like, you forget, you forget some of these some of these things. Plus, the other idea behind it is now that you've been working, because like in PS101, most peer supporters haven't been working, so they don't have any actual on-the-job experience. Most of them are just getting hired. So the idea is you'd have some experience under your belt. Now you're coming to this training to get that tune-up, but also to bring your, your scenarios to the table 
and be able to role play them and watch other peer supporters play those out and and address issues and obstacles and 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 solve uh, maybe there's issues that you're having. How do I? What do I do? What do I do when somebody says this? You know, and and you know, and now you have a room full of other people, and all of you have experience as a certified peer supporter. And so that's kind of the premise. It's all focused on skills. Of course, we're not going to be focusing on certification. We will be talking about ethics, but it's going to be a lot of role plays, a lot of skill building, and probably 20 hours is right about um, where I think it's going to, going to come out. So it'll be like a two-day training and really excited about it. I think it's hard when you, when you, get into PS 101, right? To know what you're going to come up against when you actually start working. So Exactly. And I think the other part of it is it's so varied depending on where you're working. So if you're working in a mental health center or you're working in a uh, SUD uh, treatment center or you're working in criminal justice or you're working in a community health center, the peer support looks different in each of those places, right? Yeah. And so if you've never worked there, number one, you don't know that it's not the same in all those places. And so you don't even, you don't even know the questions to ask. And so that's the whole thing with 102 is that people now they're going to be like, Oh yeah, I always have trouble with this. And what do I do? Right. Right. And so now we're going to be able to answer those questions and, uh, rely on the the total experience in the room that's going to be it's going to be exciting and uh can't wait to roll that one out here in in 2020 so ps 102 then we have another one andy you're gonna talk about right so we're gonna start this peer leadership and advocacy training in 2020 Uh, we got a grant from samsa to focus on on peer leadership and advocacy um, with people who are mental health uh, consumers. So we're looking to roll that out as an in-person training and probably some online trainings to really get people excited about becoming leaders in the recovery movement and advocating for themselves or uh, for their family members. So it's not so intimidating to get involved in those kinds of things, the boards and the councils uh, throughout the state. Exactly. Uh, Not everybody wants to be a peer supporter. Right. 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 Like it's, you know, so how great would it be if we could offer this other training and say to people who don't want to be peer supporters, hey, you know, there's other ways you can be a leader in the recovery movement. There's councils and boards all over the state that are, Really, many of them are begging to have the seats filled by people in recovery. They don't have anybody. I, I was just at a LAC meeting about a month ago, and you know I brought it up because the the ratio is like you know there's ten people on the council and two of them are in recovery. That's only twenty percent, and the council the bylaws say they have to be at least fifty one percent. And, and, you know, and so I brought it up gently, you know, very nicely and respectfully, you know, I wasn't pointing out their flaws just, and, you know, they said, they said, honestly, we, we're trying, we're trying, you know, we, we invite people and, you know, we just, we just can't get enough people. And, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's that intimidation thing. Maybe people are intimidated by, they don't have the skills 
you know, how do I speak up and what opportunities are there? And so Andy and I wrote this, this, uh, proposal and, and we sent it in and, uh, thank you, SAMHSA, you know, they came through and said, sure, we'll fund something like that. So look for that. Also in 2020, we'll be, we'll be rolling, rolling that out. Exciting stuff, right? Absolutely. Okay. So those are the upcoming trainings. Those are the coming attractions. Uh, these are trainings that we currently offer. If you're familiar with Montana's Peer Network, you know that most of our trainings are free of charge. We try to find the funding to put them on so people don't have to pay a, a registration fee. Now, some of our trainings that we're going to be talking about, and we'll tell you which ones, some of them are fee-based. And, and I bring this up for a couple of reasons. One, to, to kind of give you the big, big picture, you can always go on our store and you can always purchase one of these trainings. So maybe in your community, I was just emailing with somebody about this um, a couple of weeks ago, and they have six, eight people and they live in eastern Montana and they were asking, oh, do you have one of these trainings coming up? We don't, but you can hire us to come to you and do the training. You don't have to wait until we're doing one because it's often more cost effective to hire us to come to you than it is to send six or eight people across the state. You know what I mean? Like you just have to kind of weigh it out. Is it a one day training? Is it a two day? Is it a five day? The five day, it probably isn't more cost effective. You probably would be better off coming to the free one. But if you're talking about a one day training or a half day training, it's cheaper to send me to you, you know, to pay, pay the way and, um, and have me come out. So, uh, you can always go to our website, go to the store and you'll see the trainings listed in there. You can purchase them and then we can set up some dates and, and plan them. So Andy, are you starting us off here? Yeah. So one of the first ones that we have is intro to recovery. Uh, and so this is something that it, it covers the basics of recovery, the concepts, the guiding principles, building a wellness toolbox, and also some of the, the role of peer support. But this uh -huh. isn't necessarily focused on peer supporters. This is uh -uh. Uh, for anybody who's interested in learning more about the recovery movement um, and, uh -huh. and how that is different maybe from a medical model or, or other ways of looking at um, recovery. Absolutely. And I think this is a great one. Um, this is a great introduction, introductory training. Uh, somebody who's never gone to any kind of recovery trainings or workshops, this is a really good introduction one because uh, there's some worksheets with this one where you're going to answer some questions about your own recovery, your own beliefs about recovery. You're going to really learn about those guiding principles um, of recovery. And to be in a room with other people who are early in recovery can be really powerful for people. So very, very good introductory training to start someone off. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is a training called Become Trauma Aware. And uh, this is a trauma-informed care training. This is an offshoot of another training we're going to talk about, trauma-informed peer support. This one's a little more broad. So we're not talking about 
uh, peer support within trauma-informed care. We're just talking about trauma. Um, so this is another day-long training. Um, and in this course, you learn about how to identify trauma, the effects, how to, how to promote positive self-care strategies to deal with trauma or unresolved grief, um, understanding how and the role peer support can play, which is kind of like the intro to recovery where we just sort of touch on peer support a little bit. This isn't really aimed at peer supporters. Um, we talk a lot about the healing process, and there's lots of tools in this training <clears throat> that we talk about, we demonstrate, and people share the tools that they've used, they found successful. Um, you know, the, that widespread impact of trauma, um, how pervasive it really is. And yeah, and then we do a really fun, at the end, we do a really fun activity that is definitely gets everybody up and gets them smiling and laughing and, and having fun. So that's become trauma aware. Another one that we do is called recovery talks. And this is a training that helps you tell your recovery story in an effective way, in a concise way. So it's different than telling an illness-based story. It's more about celebrating what you've accomplished, your journey of recovery, as opposed to these are the horrible things that happened to me kind of thing. And so it's a way to learn how to tell that story to people who maybe are not in the recovery movement, who, who don't understand recovery. And it helps you process your story so that you can distill it down into some really good soundbite kind of thing so that you're not talking for an hour about your entire life, you've got a nice, concise thing to say to people. We've been in, in PS 101. This is included in PS 101 Recovery Talks, right? Yep. We've been using the term for a couple trainings now, uh, Recovery Gems. And as a peer supporter, how do you tell your recovery gems? And it's like catching on. Like, I don't know, it's just sort of organically has grown, but we're talking about your recovery story is what we're talking about, right? But how do you tell those in the right time at the right moment? Little like lessons learned kind of thing. So yeah, recovery talks. This is one of our older trainings. We've had this one a long time, always popular. Yeah. One of the other ones in our general information and consumer training section is advanced psychiatric directives. And this gets touched on a little bit in PS 101 as well. Uh, but it kind of this training goes through how to create that advanced directive, what the laws are surrounding it, and sort of best practices about how you share that document so that you can make sure that what you want to happen is what actually happens. If you create a plan like this and don't share it with anybody, the chances of it actually working out the way you want it to are probably pretty minimal. This allows you, there's a document, there's instructions. It really is not a very complicated process, but it is helpful to have someone who knows how the system works and knows what the laws are. So that's kind of what this training is about is just kind of an overview specifically for consumers, not necessarily for peer supporters, but trying to empower people, consumers to, to take care of these things on their own. All right. Uh, now we're going to switch into um, 
peer supporter based or behavioral health peer support specialist based uh, trainings. And the first one we're going to hit on, of course, is PS 101. And so this is a 40 hour training done over five days. This is a certification training. And so if you're looking to get certified as a behavioral health peer support specialist, you take this training. It's only offered in person. Peer support is a human to human process. Um, and so being in a classroom with 25 other peer supporters can be really powerful. And on our website, we have lots of information about this one. This is by far our most popular training. <clears throat> we offer this training every quarter and we rotate it around the state. Um, and those trainings are free of charge. We have funding to cover the, the registration fee. We provide um, all the materials to you. And so, uh, oh, uh, this training, sorry, I forgot. Uh, so at the end, how could I forget the most important part? The end of this training, there is an exam because this is a certification training. So um, you need this training to apply for certification. And so there's only so many slots available for each training. And there's only uh, so many of these free trainings offered throughout the year. And so if you're thinking about becoming a peer supporter, this is the kind of thing you want to sign up. You want to sign up in advance. Most, most of our trainings fill up, have waiting lists. And so you want to really sign up ahead of time if you're thinking about becoming a peer supporter so that you can make sure you're going to get a seat. If you're an employer of peer supporters, you can call us. Like, let's say if you knew you were going to be hiring in a couple of months, you could call us and say, I need to reserve two slots for my two new hires that I'm going to do or whatever you're hiring. Um, and we do, we do do that. Priority is given to people with peer support jobs, um, meaning you've been hired, you are working, you have to get certified in order to work legally in Montana. So you do get priority. And yeah, I mean, we cover, I'm not going to go over the entire table of contents. Uh, you can click on the web link and yeah this training man i watch people grow in this training over the course of five days i watch their minds open up as they expand their understanding of recovery and what is really possible in the interactions in the room with all these different individuals who come with all their life experiences and begin sharing them and we do role plays and there's exercises and we learn about professionalism and you know, documentation and, you know, communication skills. There's some trauma training in there. There's recovery talks is in there. Advanced directives is in there. Yeah, it's a really, Andy, you, you took it a couple of a couple of years ago. What, yeah, uh, yeah I your... did. And I think one of the best things about this training really is that uh, personal connection with the other people in the class. You know, you really get to know each other and you can use each other as a support system while you're going through the job of being a peer supporter and a lot Absolutely. of hands on stuff. I, You know, there are other trainings out there that are online or something like that. But the unique thing to our PS 101 is all of the hands-on role-playing, you know, making sure you really understand the concepts and are able to implement those concepts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, peer support is just, it's, it's one human talking to another human. I mean, that's really 
when it boils down to it, that's what you're doing. And those skills, you just cannot acquire online. You, you just can't. You can do continuing education online, but when you're talking about how do I learn the basics, that's not an online, that's not teachable online, in my opinion. Um, I just don't think you can get those skills like a live role play in front of a class, <laughs> you know, where everybody's working together, right? And you're learning from each other and it's all live. Because when you get on the job your first day, it's you and the peer in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And there, right? Like there's no, you're not going, oh, hold on, let me, let me look this up here. Let me look, you know, like, right? Like, I mean, you, you have to react in the moment. Otherwise, that person gets up and walks out the door and they never come back again. That's their, you know, that's their impression of um, the system or treatment, you know. And so I think it's really, really important that that one is done in person. So next is trauma-informed peer support. So this one goes along sort of with the become trauma-aware, right? But, mm -hmm. yep. um, but it's a little more in-depth about how you relate to other people and help them through their trauma. And also part of that is that secondary trauma, right? That sure. being around people that have trauma that is similar to yours can be triggering to you. And, and how do you deal with that? Absolutely. You know, the uh, studies, this is right on the website, you know, studies show that 90% of people with a psychiatric diagnosis are trauma survivors. I forget where that statistic comes from. It's right in, it's in the training. And we had the National Trauma Center out of D.C. came out and, and trained us a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was like blown away by some of the statistics and they're really like an eye opener. And the secondary trauma and just it's like, wow, you know, so many individuals can be impacted. And, and yet we don't really in the system, we don't really. We don't really ask people about this. So in this training, a lot of great statistics and really, yeah, we're talking about like cultural considerations and this is all kind of through the, the lens of peer support. I mean, that's sort of the lens of this one, thus the name. This particular training, one of the things that it touched on, one of the chapters is uh, self-injury. And this was another, it wasn't an eye opener for me, but it was like, it sort of drove this home you know, people who are self-injuring in, in all kinds of different ways aren't necessarily trying to kill themselves and that they could really be dealing with unresolved grief and, and trauma, right, that is sort of built up. And this is the coping mechanism that they, there's a whole chapter on that in this training. And you'll see that a lot in trauma trainings. A lot of trauma trainings are sort of more about the statistics and not as much hands-on stuff right yeah and so that's like that really grabbed my attention and really was like sort of drove home and that's how like when we started talking about the, the become trauma aware that's why we made that next one because we wanted it to sort of be like almost like a part two like if you went to this training and then you go to the other training or vice versa, you know, you could do it either way, but like it's more, the other one's more hands-on. And then this one, just in this chapter and the last chapter, last two chapters kind of get into the hands-on stuff, not as much of the, you know, statistics and 
identifying trauma. And as a peer supporter, identifying it, that's the first part, right? Yeah. But the, the second part is now, what do I do? What's the action? Whether you're talking about yourself or the folks I'm supporting, you know, there's another really good training. Yeah, we offer this a few times throughout the year around the state. So, trauma, that's trauma-informed peer support. So another one that we offer for behavioral health peer support specialists is called navigating complex relationships in peer support, which is a lot about boundaries and ethics, how to keep yourself and your organization safe, making sure that you have some really defined boundaries uh, so that you don't end up in weird relationships with the people that you're working with you know some of the basics like you you don't have a romantic relationship with somebody that you're supporting through peer support and then the the ethics of all of that 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 sort of they coincide with your scope of practice you know the things that you need to make sure that you're doing with people ethically and then there's a lot of stuff in there about how to take care of yourself and, again, about that secondary trauma that you can experience when you're working with people. So, you know, yes. in small places in Montana and even the larger cities are, I mean, small, you're going to yep. run into people that you potentially used with or you know, had some sort of relationship with before you became a peer supporter or there's there's just we're, we're so connected in different ways in smaller places that sometimes those boundaries are hard to to really stick to. So yeah. this is a good training to help you really identify that kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Highly recommend this training uh, for peer supporters. Highly recommend it. All right, uh, peer support in the criminal justice system. Uh, this is a 20-hour training. This is only for certified behavioral health peer support specialists. This is not geared towards people thinking about hiring peer supporters in the criminal justice system, say in a court system. This is actually for the peer supporters. And so um, this training uses the intercept model and walks through each intercept and describes what that intercept looks like from a law enforcement point of view, from the criminal justice system point of view, and what it looks like from the peer supporter's point of view and what's the role the peer supporter can play in that particular intercept. So when you're finished with this class, you will understand where peer support fits into, if you will, the entire criminal justice system in any component. So you, we're not just going to learn about, you know, in a detention center or a jail or a prison, you're going to learn about all of the components because you just don't appear one day in the detention center. You have to go through there's this whole process and there's these intercepts. And so we talk about, you know, the barriers to that. Um, we talk about things like uh, addressing criminal thinking, so as a person in recovery, there's a high likelihood you <laughs> might have been in that uh, court, court room before. You know, you might have been, you might be working now with uh, a sheriff's deputy that arrested you at one time. So you need to address these things, your own trauma, 
but also these issues around criminal thinking. You're going to be back around other individuals who may be thinking that way. There's going to be ethical dilemmas. There's going to be biases that are come into play. How do we advocate? And then uh, code of ethics, the certified behavioral health peer support specialist code of ethics, big part of this training. There's a bunch of role plays in this training. In fact, every intercept has its own role play that's unique to that uh, portion of the intercept model. So this is really what I would call a specialty training for only for certified behavioral peer support specialists who are working in the criminal justice system. So that's who this audience, that's the audience for this particular training. And this, oh, and this is a fee-based training. This is not um, one of our um, trainings that we have acquired funding for. So this is a fee-based training. And it's pretty intensive. We say 20-hour training, um, but that includes homework assignments and exercises and stuff, not just come and sit and listen to us. It's pretty extensive. The pre-work alone, I can't remember how many pages it is. There, there is quite a bit of reading and and questions that you have to answer. I, it's been a little while, but it's there's quite a bit in the pre in the pre-work that you have to do to prepare for the class. There's a lot of background information that you need to read. Up next, we're moving into uh, these are trainings for supervisors, you know, organizations, uh, employers, or peer supporters. So, kind of, there's a different audience. We offer provider employer training. So, this is uh, a half day training, and this is intended for employers or providers of peer support services. So, whether you're thinking about um, implementing a peer support program or you already have a peer support program, uh, this is the training for you. This is meant for, again, supervisors, directors, CEO level. This is, this is not developed for the peer supporter, right? This is for the agency. This is going to talk about culture, uh, assessing the culture in your agency. Are you really ready for recovery services to be part of? What you offer, um, it goes over the standards for peer supporters, hiring practices, um, clinical supervision, um, and then different types of programming. And we really, we identify there's really three kind of phases to this process. There's planning phase, right? Those are the people who don't have a program and they're still working through uh, the plans and development. Then there's the implementation where now you're getting into the hiring and you're going to start rolling this out. And then there's operationalizing it. Like, how do you go full-time? It's offered to every client. And so those are all talked about in this training. And again, this is managers, directors, CEO kind of level, people, half-day training. I enjoy this training. I enjoy doing this training. I always learn new stuff myself from the directors because... People have a lot of misconceptions about peer support programs and what peer supporters do, and it comes out in this training. I guess that's probably why I enjoy it. Uh, The next one is recovery program must-haves. And so this is uh, best practices for recovery programs. So, you know, this is going to be like an add-on to the other training uh, provider employers. This one is aimed same group of people. Uh, this one can include peer supporters. Um, in fact, we're, we're trying that out to see what that looks like. 
But this is really, these are the elements that we've identified as being just like those must-haves, like things you have to have in your recovery program. And so those are, you know, these got the guiding principles to recovery. You must have leadership. You must have the right culture. You need to have peer support. Yes, folks, you got to have peer support to make it a recovery program. You can't have a bunch of book smart people running a recovery program. You've got to have people who are actually in recovery. Barriers, we address many of the barriers that uh, people face, peers face, resources. Um, and then last but not least, data and funding. And we didn't make those two separate bullet points, although they could be collecting data and funding. We put them together because they really go hand in hand. If you're not collecting data, you shouldn't be getting any money <laughs> because you really need to be demonstrating effectiveness in order to be getting the funding to run your program. The days of just like getting a bunch of money and not being accountable for it, like not really showing that you're doing anything, those days are really over. Every, pretty much every grant funder out there now wants to see data and they want to see, like, what are you doing? What is the impact? How many people are you reaching? What's the difference you're making, making every dollar count? And so we really talk a lot about that, about the data and the funding and how they're intertwined. Anyway, this is a real hands-on class. There, um, there are some handouts with this, and you're going to rate or explore your own program and sort of where you're at. And then we're going to kind of build on that within each of these domains. So... All right, so in addition to these trainings, we also offer a number of uh, webinars. So we have webinars every month. How about you, Andy? I mean, I like doing webinars, but they're not the same as in person. Oh, no. I mean, we do a pretty good right. job of, you know, it, making them interactive and, and having a discussion. But, but it's not the same as being in person with a group of people doing training. Absolutely. There's, there's something about a live classroom and the, the collective knowledge and life experience that just can't be replicated online. Like, I don't know, just, just doesn't come across the same. And so, um, but we do offer webinars because we realize Montana is a huge state. Sometimes people can't travel, you know, and there's all kinds of issues. I mean, it could be financial reasons. It could be, you know, work, uh, too much work to do, um, it, inclement weather. So we offer webinars every month, and we've been doing this now. I think we're, it's just like third, we have like three years now doing these webinars. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like every month we do them. Third Wednesday of the month, from noon to one, we have webinars running. And uh, you can email either Andy or myself and let us know if you're not signed up. Um, it goes out in the polls if you're a member and you're getting our newsletter, you know, you can sign up. Uh, there are different topics each month. We have these webinars going. We have webinars also geared towards peer supporters, very specific ones. Those are more skill-based. And, you know, these are all wonderful, and you can get CUs and all that kind of stuff. But, again, really encourage you to get involved with our in-person trainings because there's just something about the live classroom just so much better yeah and if you want to keep up on all of the stuff that we're offering and you are not currently a member 
uh, you should sign up to be a member and you'll get the weekly newsletter that tells you all of the stuff that we are doing and that basic membership is free. Uh, so, you know, that's open to anyone who's interested in that and is really the easiest way to keep up with what we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously we do these podcasts. And so every week, uh, we have podcasts, we have an entire library full of, uh, I think really good information. We bring on guests and talk about different topics. We try to keep it interesting and broad and and so lots of opportunities for learning lots of ways to get involved if you're listening and you're like hey i'm doing this great thing with recovery or peer support or you know wellness email us and we'll have you on as a guest right like we're always looking for people who are interested in coming on and sharing or getting getting into the discussion because the more the more good we can put out into the world the, the better things become for all of us right yeah, and people probably get tired of listening to the two of us. <laughs> you know, speaking of doing things for a while, I mean, we have been doing these for a long time. I mean, I can remember when we started MPN. We started doing our first pod. The first podcast MPN did was 2012. And uh, I was doing that with Julio Briones. He was working for Mental Health America Montana, and we started doing podcasts. And we haven't done them consistently since 2012, but we've done them, I think, pretty much every year we've recorded podcasts. And it's been the most consistent over the last year, or you think this last year, maybe 2019. Yeah. yeah. But we really have been doing them for a long time. And uh, yeah, if you, if you want to come on and you want to be a guest, we're always, we're always looking for folks who want to do that and have some interesting stuff to share and or if you just want to be part of the conversation, let us know. Send us an email. Yeah. All right. So if you have any questions about training, again, I would say first off, visit the website. Andy does a great job of putting information on there. And we try to do, you know, we try to answer questions right on the website, ones that we get kind of over and over again. We try to keep it as updated as we possibly can. But if you got other questions, just let us know. Send them in. And uh, I think... That's all we got for today. Yep, that's about it. Okay. Well, thanks again for listening, and uh, hopefully you will tune in again next week. Thank you very much. Thanks. Recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.